This is the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, Episode 10, Gardening Jobs and Plants of Interest for January. Plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs. Hello and welcome to the Plant Advice Gardening Podcast, the podcast to help you get the very best out of your garden with our regular features such as our plant of the month, perfect pairing, two plants that go well together, jobs to do in the garden and plants of note for this time of year. I'm Richard Farrer and I'm George Munford. Coming up in this episode, we have a look at the past year. It's the new year now, 2014. So we have a quick review of what we've done last year on the podcasts. We discuss those sort of things and uh, ask a little bit from yourselves if you can help us out what you'd like to see in the podcast. Our plant of the month for January is the Christmas rose, Helleborus niger. Perfect pairing, two plants that complement each other, are Acer davidii and Galanthus nivalis form Pleniflorus florae pleno. Jobs to do in garden and the vegetable garden for January. And plants of note for this month are Viburnum cross bodnantensi Charles Lamont and Erica carnea form Alba Whitehall. So, George, 2014, another year, a new season. Any plans for gardening this year, particularly? Uh, well, at the moment, it'd be nice just to let the gardens dry out, wouldn't it? We seem to have so much rain over the last couple of months. It would be nice just for the gardens in this part of the world to dry out and maybe get a bit of proper winter. We have had an awful lot of rain, an awful lot of wind, too. Yes, and I think a lot of the plants are a bit confused. I've seen daffodils starting to pop up with buds on them. Uh, I can't count more than five frosts on the palm of my hand, I don't think. Now, we've had a very mild winter so far, haven't we? Yeah, it's been very mild, wet and windy, as you say. I know North America has had terrible winter so far. They've had really bad winter, haven't they? Yeah, what was it called? The polar... I don't know, George. Came down from the North Pole, I think, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. And brought an awful lot of snow and cold and minus temperatures in double digits, I think. Yeah, I hope we don't get that. Well, we've escaped so far, but it might be on its way to us, so we'll have to wait and see. Might not be such a bad thing. Might reset some of the plants and um, get them a little bit less confused. Well, we do need some cold weather just to kill off all the bugs and the vermin. Uh, it's a natural process, isn't it? It is, isn't it? For, certainly for our climate in the UK here. Well, as we said earlier on, we thought we'd have a little look back at uh, what we've done and plant advice for the last year, 2013. We set this podcast up. Two years ago, we did do two podcasts, one for the Chelsea Flower Show and one for the Hampton Court Flower Show. And then we didn't really do anything for a year or so, but we decided to set this podcast up last year and we're now in double digits. This is our 10th episode, George. Yes, very good. We've had over 4,000 downloads of the podcast. We're approaching 5,000 downloads now. Last month's episode, we had over 500 listeners. So I thank each and every one of you for listening. We really do appreciate it. We've had over 81 different countries listening to us as well. So um, I thought it might just be the UK, but we seem to have a slightly broader appeal. You'd think the UK would be top, wouldn't you? But it's not, is it, Richard? No, I think uh, America is, uh, North America is the top. Again, English speaking, but 
<laughs> most of our plants come from abroad anyway, don't they? Uh, well, yeah, the, the plants that we talk about come from all over the world. So, yeah, I suppose the different countries where people are listening to us from, it's like a representation of where the plants come from. Yes, you, you might be able to grow the plants naturally without any forcing. Some of the plants we really do have to control and really look after, don't we, and bring them into the greenhouse to uh, weather o over the winter because our temperatures just would be too cold. Yeah, as we said before, not too cold this year, but... Uh... Yeah, they need to be flood tolerant in some situations, don't they, at the yeah. moment? Last year, I think we got down to minus 15 here. Yeah, that's right. It was very cold last winter, but this winter we seem to be having the complete opposite. But can't complain, Richard. At least we, um, in Cambridgeshire here, at least we don't get flooded to any extent. No, no, we're quite lucky where we live, but a lot of people have had really bad floods. Really feel sorry for those guys. And sequentially so, they seem to be getting over one flood and then another one comes along. Yeah, that's, that's very bad luck, isn't it? It is indeed. So, as we said, we're up to episode 10 on the podcast and we do have regular features in the podcast. We have our plant of the month, which is seasonal for the particular month in question. We have two plants that go well together and it might be because of colouring or scent or other features that George chooses. We have jobs to do in the garden and the vegetable garden and other plants of note for the month in question. Sometimes we have listeners' questions, uh, which we do encourage, and if you've got any questions, please do send them in you can email us at podcast at plantadvice.co.uk and we'll do our very best to answer them for you but the question is is this what you want we thought this was a good idea for a podcast it's it takes its structure really from our monthly newsletter which we've been doing for a year or two but we don't really know whether it's the best whether we can be doing other things which you prefer some features you might really like others you aren't so keen on We'd love to hear from you. Please do let us know, as I say, via the email, podcast at plantadvice.co.uk, or the website, however you want to get in touch with us, on Twitter, at Plant Advice, on our Facebook page. We really would love to hear from you. Let us know how you think we can improve the podcast and make it better for you. Now, while we've been doing the podcast for only about six months, the website itself is a little bit older. We actually set it up in November 2005. It seems a long time ago now, George, doesn't it? Time flies. The next it year it'll be 10 years. Yeah, Tempest Fugit. And in that time, we've had over 2 million pages viewed and over three quarters of a million visitors, which I think for a little hobby gardening website which is essentially what it is i don't think that's too bad going george wow. i'm quite proud of it myself that's amazing isn't it i i think so yeah i'm I'm really pleased on, on what we've managed to achieve over the time who would have thought when we first set it up that we'd have achieved that yeah more than three quarters of a million visitors that's amazing isn't it that's an awful lot of people yeah well, we set this up, really, it was out of a chance conversation that George and I had one morning. George does my garden for me because I, I can't physically do it myself. And we were having a bit of a conversation. George was talking about websites because that's what I kind of drifted into doing. My background is electronic engineering. And after my accident, which left me stuck in a wheelchair, unfortunately, I drifted into a bit of web design. And George's background is horticulture. So we decided to pool our resources, didn't we, George, and set up a gardening website together? That's right. I changed career. Um, I studied horticulture for four years. I then went and worked at Kew Gardens for a couple of years. 
And then I set up my own gardening business and uh, me and Richard met when, uh, as he said, I began looking after his garden for him. Chance conversations and you never know where life can take you. That's right. It's really strange, isn't it? And I do now genuinely have a passion for gardening and I didn't think it would have turned that way. We started a website off and you were the horticultural expert in the website and I was kind of the the geek behind in the back room, setting things up, keeping it going. But from there, I've attended the flower shows regularly every year, and I'm looking forward to this year again, Chelsea Flower Show in particular, plus the others like Hampton Court and Tatton Park, and BBC Gardeners World in Birmingham. They're the highlight of the year for me now, George. I really look forward to going to Chelsea. We've got to know people there. I'm understanding a lot of different plants. I'm now doing an RHS course in horticulture myself because I want to learn more about it. My own garden has been transformed because I understand a lot of the plants and different planting combinations. I just never, ever would have foresaw that I would have ended up going down in this little rabbit hole and enjoyed it so much. Yeah, it's just from a chance meeting almost. It is, yeah. And yeah. so it just goes to show, no matter what age you are, no matter what your capabilities are, gardening can be a fantastic hobby. As I said, unfortunately, due to my accident, I've been left paralysed from my neck down in a wheelchair. But it doesn't stop me enjoying gardens, going to the garden shows, picking plants, my husking George or my friend Sue to plant them in the garden, and then just sitting there and enjoying it. It is beautiful in the summer to watch the bees buzzing around on the plants. I know they love the lavender, they love the sea hollow, the eryngium. Beautiful, stunning. Maybe every cloud has a silver lining. Maybe if you hadn't had your accident, you wouldn't have taken such an interest in gardening. Absolutely, I don't think I would have done. You just can't tell where life is going to take you, can you? No, no. Well, I'm sure other people have got stories of their own gardening. Let us know. I'd be intrigued to know how you got into gardening, whether you've always been in it or whether it was your parents who got you into it. It doesn't really matter, does it, as long as you're getting something from it. Absolutely. It can all start from, uh, pardon the pun, it can all start from a little seed, can't it? does indeed. A good analogy, George. Now, our plant of the month for January is the Christmas Rose. It's Helleborus niger. Why have you chosen this, George? Helleborus niger, it's a hardy perennial and it's very uh, very much a mainstay of this time of year. It's a winter garden favourite. Um, despite the common name, the Christmas Rose, the Helleborus niger very rarely flowers in time for Christmas. The, the pure white bowl-shaped flowers are produced mainly from um, January and February. It has deeply cut evergreen dark foliage and it's an excellent plant for difficult sites. For example, at this time of year, uh, the soil is very wet and on clay soils it's even wetter. They'll cope quite admirably with that. They'll also cope very well with shade and they tolerate, as I said before, a wide range of soils. Heliborus niger grows up to 30 centimetres tall and it has a spread of about 50 centimetres. They're an ideal plant for the edge of a woodland garden. Quite a low-growing plant, really, then. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you, it's the sort of plant that you would grow at the base of others, maybe at the base of a deciduous tree, for example. Well, I suppose that works well. If it's a woodland plant, it's going to like shade, although a deciduous tree is not going to have its leaves on at that time of year. No, um, I mean, they're quite happy in shade all throughout the year, though. So I suppose 
that uh, at this time of year, even in even in full sun, they're still not getting um, as much daylight as they they would at other times of the year. And shade loving plants are are very useful to have because shade can be quite a challenging area of the garden to populate with plants, can't it? Yeah, the hardest scenario for any gardener to have to deal with those dry shade that they're really, from my experience, there really is a a limited group of plants that can cope with both lack of sunlight and lack of moisture. Well, lack of moisture is not a problem for the moment, is it? Well, you'd be surprised how in a forest or the trees will still, even in winter, I think they'll still soak up some water. The roots from the trees, yeah, it's mm. always drier underneath, isn't it? Not yeah. just from the yeah. leaves. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you'd like to buy that plant online, you can do. We have a link on our website, which you can get at from the links to the show notes from this page at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 10. I do like the flowers on that. They are very pretty, aren't they? They remind me a little bit of the Japanese anemone. Yeah, they're very simple, aren't they? Yeah, very, very, simple, very elegant. Very simple shape and almost pure white. And again, for this time of year, it is lovely to be able to have flowers in the garden because you do so often think this time of year the garden is very, very bare and it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's right. There are There's plenty of things that will interest your garden during the winter. And also make sure you plant things where you're going to see them from uh, the living room window, for example, because a lot of people don't go out a lot during the winter months. Or maybe there, you could plant it somewhere on the route to the car or something like that. Don't plant them in the corner of a garden where you're not going to see it all winter. You've mentioned this before, and I think that's a very good idea, isn't it? On the route to the car in the morning. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that, but I think it's a brilliant tip. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't particularly like going to work, but something to cheer them up on the way, maybe. A necessary evil, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> not for me, it's not. <laughs> no, you enjoy your job. If you can enjoy your job, I think that's the ultimate in life. Absolutely, yeah. Money's not everything. No, certainly isn't. Perfect pairing. Perfect pairing are two plants we choose every month that go well together, either for flower colour or scent. And now you've chosen Acer Davidii and Galanthus nivalis form Pleniflorus florae pleno. That's a mouthful, George. I'm sure you do this to me deliberately. Double snowdrop, that's an easier one for that one, isn't it? <laughs> Why have you chosen these two? Well, this month I thought I would go for a tree, a deciduous tree that had characteristic of striking bark and this maple is called the snake bark maple so it's a a medium-sized specimen tree ideal for medium-sized garden and it has this very striking vertical streaks on its green trunk almost like the you would see on the skin of a snake maybe Uh, it has mid-green leaves that turn orange and yellow during the autumn before they fall and it's a fully hardy tree Acer Davidii needs a nutritious, moisture-retentive soil. Difficult at this time of year, but it needs to be well-drained soil. I know that's difficult this time of year. Does it need yeah. to be ericaceous for an Acer or not? No, not necessarily. Uh, not with this one in, in particular. It doesn't need to be ericaceous soil, no, not at all. It needs full sun or partial shade. As I say, it's a medium-sized tree and it can grow up to 15 metres tall and has a spread of 15 metres and my idea this month was to underplant it with the Galanthus nivalis form Pleniflorus florae pleno, the double snowdrop, which has similar sort of colour combination, green and white, 
So the flowers are pure white in January and February. My idea was to um, underplant the snake bark maple with these double snowdrops. The, um, the double snowdrops have narrow grey-green leaves and they, uh, again, would be quite happy in partial shade of the snake bark maple during the rest of the year when it's the maple's got its leaves on. The Galanthus nivalis planiflorus floripleno needs a nutritious, well-drained soil. And of course, when I say it has double flowers, this snowdrop, it means that um, it has double the normal number of petals, often uh, in layers. So it's like uh, two rows. On top of the other. An inner sort of cup of flowers and an outer cup. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's right. Like one layer on top of the other, often more than two layers. And this plant has the RHS Award of Garden Merit, I believe. Yes, I believe it does. That's right. Which we know from past history is an award that the RHS give to plants that are known to perform well in pretty much most conditions. So it's one of those plants that you can take home from the garden centre and even if you're not terribly green-fingered or your conditions might not be ideal, it's got a good chance of doing fairly well. Absolutely, yes, but you shouldn't be buying these plants if you haven't got the conditions suggested on the label when you buy them. Which you can always do a little bit to the soil to prepare the soil, can't you, to give it the best conditions possible. Yeah, but one tip that I would always give people is don't go out impulse buying plants. You you think about the site that you have and the soil that you have, and then you go out and research the plants that that will fit the site that you have. Don't... Yeah, I I think I've probably been guilty of that myself, George. You go to garden centres or you go to the flower shows and you do see some beautiful specimens and you think, I love that, that would look lovely in a garden. So you get one, you bring it back and you find that it is just completely incompatible with your conditions and within a year, something you've paid 20 or £30 for dies. That's right. It's um, very disappointing, isn't it, when that happens? I would say almost spend some time doing some research and come up with a shopping list of what you want from the research that you've done. Maybe that's something we could cover in future episodes is pick a type of soil, uh, like clay or sand, a garden you, you might likely to have, and, uh, and go through a range of plants which would be ideal for that type of soil. Yeah, absolutely, we could do that. But the other thing that our listeners can do is go to our website, have a look at our plant finder, I'm sure Richard could put a link to that on this month's newsletter. Yeah, I will do, yeah. Um, and whatever conditions you have in your garden, you can use our plant finder to select the plants that will be suitable for your garden after you've ticked the boxes that describe the garden that you have. I will do that, George. I'll add a link to the show notes for this page, which you'll be able to find at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 10. We'll have a link to the plant finder, as George says. And what you do, you go through, look at the soil type conditions you've got, be it clay, moist, dry, sandy, etc., Tick the flowering type you want, what sort of flowering period, and it will go through their database of plants and list plants that match that criteria. It is a useful little tool, I think. Yeah, and it's very detailed. So even if you don't have a garden, even if you only have a balcony, and you want to grow plants that will be happy in pots for the rest of their lives, you could even go and select that particular tick box in the plant finder and it will produce a list of plants that will be suitable for growing in pots. A useful resource, even if we say to ourselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's there for the long term for people to use forever, really, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. Something we hope to continue working on. We know we're a little bit short of photos for some of the plants. Um, We only take photos that we've got ourselves for copyright issues, but we are trying to get more and more photos as we can when we go to the shows and things. So over time, it will improve. Now, jobs to do in the garden, George. January is a quieter month, I think, for gardening. But as always, there are things you can be doing. What should people be doing in the garden at this time of year? Well, providing the soil is not too wet. I know that's difficult at the moment in um, certain parts of the UK. We can be planting bare root trees and shrubs. It's a good time of year to do that because they're dormant and deciduous. Don't just think of the plants at this time of year. There's also the birds to feed. I think it's the bird population in everybody's gardens very important. Uh, you know, there's a relationship between the birds and the plants, so look after the birds. If we have any heavy snow, you can shake it off the branches of the trees and shrubs to prevent any of the branches snapping under the weight. Check any existing trees if they have stakes. Check the stakes and ties and make sure they are not too tight or digging into the bark of the tree. Remove any stakes that are no longer needed. It's an excellent time of year to um, get your lawnmower serviced because you're not really using it and get the blade sharpened. You can look through seed catalogues and decide what you would like to grow from seed when spring finally arrives. There's fruit tree pruning to do at this time of year. This morning I was up a ladder pruning apple trees. There's also, in January, you can do wisteria pruning, and there's a link to both of those pruning topics on our website. <laughs> Almost on cue, you can hear a chainsaw <laughs> in the back, can't you? Uh, my next-door neighbour's around cutting my eucalyptus tree in the front of the garden, and as soon as you mention pruning, off goes the chainsaw. So I apologise from that, but that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, and please don't try and prune your wisteria with a chainsaw. <laughs> no, that's a bit too aggressive. <laughs> in the vegetable garden. And in the vegetable garden, George. Yeah, there's not a lot to do in the vegetable garden at this time of year. Indoors you can sow seeds of peppers, and outdoors you can plant out rhubarb crowns. There's still a little bit of harvesting to do, such as leeks can be harvested this time of year, kale and there's some cabbage. And and Brussels sprouts, can you still harvest those or are those Yes, you can. I think they're coming to the end of the season though. I do love sprouts. I know it's not just a Christmas thing. So yeah, if you can get a few more sprouts, get them in while they last. Yeah, one of my favourite vegetables Not everybody's, but such is life, eh? I don't know how you can not like them. No. (laughs) Plants of note. Now, plants of note, George, you've chosen two plants this month for January. Viburnum cross bodnantense Charles Lamont and Erica Carnea form Alba Whitehall, which is a heather, I believe. Yeah, that's right. We just picked these couple of plants out from the um, from the list of plants that you could add colour to your garden at this time of year. The Viburnum cross bodnantense Charles Lamont, it's um, a, a hardy shrub, deciduous. It can grow up to three metres tall and two metres wide. It has dense clusters of very fragrant pink flowers 
on bare stems during the winter period from uh, November to March. That's a long flowering period, isn't it? Yeah, and as, a, as I said before, you know, they're very fragrant pink flowers, so make sure if you want to plant this plant in your garden, get it near the back door or something where you can um, really enjoy the fragrant blooms. It has dark green leaves during the rest of the year when it's not leafless. And following the flowers, it has little fruits that are sort of mixture of either blue, black or purple. It's best grown in full sun or partial shade and a moist but well-drained loam. Loamy soil is best. And the heather? Yeah, Erica carnea for Malba Whitehall. It's a winter heather, a very low growing, 15 centimetres tall and spreads out more than it's than it does grow in height so about 30 centimeters wide it has white urn-shaped flowers from january all the way through until march and this is an ericaceous plant so it prefers acid soil yeah isn't it? acid soil with a low ph and it prefers full sun for the best flowering performance or partial shade now the name i remember from my course i'm doing latting names for plants alba means white and the way i remember that is alba as in albino yes uh, i always find it a useful little hook to remember names so if you see a plant name which has alba in it it's a good clue that it's going to have white in it either white flowers or mm. some other key part of the plant i guess will be white yeah absolutely the other thing about this plant is if you're looking to add some unusual interest to a, a winter container then why not use one of these uh, obviously you can control the the soil that it's growing in if it's in a pot and it it would complement um, some nice pansies around it i suppose they're quite hardy things aren't they heathers i guess they're used to growing high up on the moors yeah and on the um in scotland as well uh, yes as well and how do they cope in warm bright sunshine do they struggle with warm weather no i think they probably uh cope quite well with both extremes of temperature they, they're used to very exposed sites in the natural habitat so i would say that they can cope with the harshest winter and they can also cope with a baking summer jolly good a bomb proof plant then yeah providing they're in the right soil <laughs> as always that old chestnut again there george the right soil absolutely look after the soil and the plants look after themselves. Um, yeah, right plant, right place, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode, our 10th episode, and the first for 2014. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas, and by the way, Happy New Year to everybody. I hope it's a good, successful, and prosperous New Year. I'm really looking forward to the... Garden show is coming up. Chelsea Flower Show starts in May. That's the beginning of the season. We'll have coverage on our website and hopefully uh, a few interviews for the podcast. Last year we managed to get hold of or talk to Chris Beardshaw, one of the top garden designers in the UK and a TV presenter on some of the garden shows. And we also managed to speak to Sue Biggs last year, who was the or is the Director General of the RHS. So who knows, we might be able to get a few more interesting interviews this year, George, for the podcast. Yes, and as we mentioned before, we'll be broadcasting them all over the world. Oh, all over the world, 81 countries so far, maybe a few more this year. If you've got any questions for the podcast, problems, conundrums with your garden, 
please let us know at podcast at plantadvice.co.uk. The show notes for this episode you can find on our website at plantadvice.co.uk slash episode 10. And if you want to, you can follow us online at Plant Advice on Twitter and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. And if you've enjoyed the show, please do leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd love to know what you think of the show and how we can improve. Uh, you can get a link to that at plantadvice.co.uk slash iTunes. So in the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderful new year. It's a new start, isn't it? It feels afresh, doesn't it, in the new year? I don't know how. It's only a, a date, an artificial date we put in the diary, but it kind of feels like we're starting again somehow, George, doesn't it? Yes, although when you're a gardener, I think the new year starts with each new season. So it's constantly uh, changing. Yeah, my my new year starts in March or April. I, I guess say. it. Well, certainly with the British climate, some countries don't have quite the same extreme climates as we do. Anyway, that's all from us for this episode. Thanks ever so much for listening, and we hope you listen again next month. Until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from me. podcast was brought to you by plantadvice.co.uk for all your gardening needs.